And what it's done is it's allowed compromise into this nation. And God is dealing with the roots of the compromise. So part of it is exposure. Part of it is more dreams and more exposure prophetically. Part of it is God has to clean his house prophetically and in the church world. And then part of what's going to happen is as all of that comes out, there's going to be a call for repentance. I believe we're going to see some people who are who, who probably really were compromised, who are going to lay out an example for just saying, this is how you repent. John Redenbow, it's great to have you back on Charisma News and to talk about what God is saying about the year 2024. Um, you're, you're somebody that uh, I love talking to because you hear God through dreams and interpreting dreams, just like Joseph and Daniel, uh, these, these amazing men in the Bible that we look to where God not only is speaking, but he's also giving plans and actions and strategies. Um, and so I just want to kind of set this up because this is a little bit different than some of the other ones I've been doing where people are, are normally prophetic voices that are kind of known where this is what they feel God's saying. And they're, they're saying that, but could you could just kind of explain a little bit to our audience before we get into it, how you gather this intel? How are you gathering these dreams? Where are they coming from? And then also, what is God saying about 2024? Mm, wow. Well, it's always great to be back with you, John. Thanks for thanks for the invitation. And I'm super honored just to be even be thought of in the same sentence as Daniel and Joseph. Those were, you know, obviously heroes of scripture and <clears throat> had profound gifts, advisors to Kings. And, and, um, that's, that's exactly kind of the vein that we feel called into is using dreams as intelligence and advising leaders, heads of state, national level leaders, speaking into geopolitical decisions as well as CEOs and, you know, leaders of other organizations or movements. And, uh, so yeah, spiritual intelligence. Um, it, we we don't call it dream interpretation because dream interpretation is so much different than spiritual intelligence. It's a whole completely different mindset. It's a whole different, really a different set of tools. Whereas some people might use like a dream dictionary or something in dream interpretation. Dream interpretation is like uh, like an anecdote that you tell at a party versus a dossier that you get from an intelligence agent that right. really lets you know what's happening. And and so, yeah, we got a heart for um, hearing from God in dreams and visions. Uh, we also look at prophecy. Um, we see prophecy more as confirmation. We actually believe that the mm -hmm. gold standard of spiritual intelligence is dreams. And the reason is, is because dreams are encrypted and people don't have any idea what they mean usually and 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 this is really interesting particularly in the prophetic community because prophets they really value hearing the voice of god um, versus seeing the imagery of what we call the figurative language or the love language of God mm. for dreams. And so when they have a dream, they think it's kind of like, wow, it's sort of kind of literal and it's kind of self-explanatory. And God may be talking about a coin shortage in a dream, and it actually has to do with Thomas Jefferson in the election of 1800. Mm. Like it's so far completely outside the realm of what people think. And so if we're kind of just trying to think our way through or look up a few things in a dream dictionary. And, and, and again, that's when we 
typically, right? That's one we don't really value intelligence is somebody's, you want a quick answer. Hey, I had a dream about this. And somebody yeah. says, oh, it's probably just a demonic dream. Or oh, it just means this. And they're like, oh, okay. You don't take any notes. You don't change your life. You don't write anything down. Versus the dreams that we looked at in the Bible set like the country of Egypt on a 14-year trajectory to avoid mm -hmm. the worst famine in their modern time that would have literally wiped out pretty much the entire known world because the Bible says every family, every nation came to Joseph to buy grain during the famine. Right. And so it literally was a plan to save the world. I mean, that's how critical it is. And so I think the first step in what we do is just really valuing dreams mm -hmm. Um, and God isn't a respecter of persons in dreams. He doesn't give the super cool dreams to just the known prophets. In fact, there's some prophets that that don't dream at all. And then there's some that, you know, they, they kind of get, you know, little dreams or like sticky note kind of things. And then there's other people who may not be known whatsoever who get very deep and in-depth and involved dreams. And we like to look at all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so you've actually gathered uh, uh, together what you believe God is saying about the year 2024 from various different sources. People can actually go to your website to submit their dreams for kind of interpretation to be added to this um, a database, I guess, of dreams and, and that you guys are, are looking through it, looking through. And you have a team of people that you've trained and equipped to help with that. So uh, let's just talk about what God is saying about the year 2024 to the dreamers? Well, we haven't done a study per se on what is he saying about 2024, but we're seeing some trends that after the first of the year, I don't think it's going to shift dramatically. Um, so we haven't specifically looked for dreams about 2024 per se. Um, but, you know, sure. obviously we're midway through December. We're seeing some things that he's talking about. One of the things that we've we've put in our heart to do and we're doing the, the best job that we can at this is to gather dreams um, from a variety of sources. And so we have people on our team that we track, um, not in a weird way, but just, you know, we're, we, we watch um, known prophetic voices and known prophetic dreamers that some people may have never heard of, but they we know them because of some of the dreams that they've had. And so when they put something out on, on YouTube or on Facebook or, or whatever, or they have a newsletter and they submit a dream or they, they put something out there, um, a lot of times you'll see like, you know, prophetic voices will just put on a YouTube post or on a Facebook post. Here's this dream I had last night. And we know that those dreams are 100% from God. We've kind of settled the issue of the source of dreams. And so we pull those dreams in and then we transcribe them and then we put them in our, in our, our, our database specifically for trending purposes. So we can see there was mm -hmm. one, one week or two week period of time when there were like five known major prophetic voices that were all talking about a dream or a vision they had about the Liberty Bell. And I was just like, I know these guys know each other, but I don't think they call each other every week and say, hey, what did you dream about? So we're probably, there, there were probably people that maybe listened to two of them and said, huh, both of these guys are talking about the, but we were probably in the unique position to recognize mm -hmm. that there's five guys right now all talking about the Liberty Bell, not just guys, but guys and girls, you know. Five prophetic right. voices that are all talking about the Liberty Bell right now. 
like what is God saying? And so then we commission a dossier and then we dive into the the dreams and we interpret them in light of one another. And mm. then, it, you know, the Bible says on the basis of two or three witnesses, a matter is firmly decided. And so you can get, I believe, so much more of a prophetic accuracy than even one person who says, well, I've heard this from God directly and God is saying this. And we're like, well, we have from five different sources, people that some know each other, some don't, some are known, some are unknown, mm-hmm. all dreaming about the same particular thing or the same state, the same city, the same leader, all in the same period of time. And it's just just that fact alone makes people want to say, well, what did you find out? You know, what did, yeah. <laughs> what does it mean, yeah. you know? And so when we put things together, they're, um, they're, they're really interesting in part of the supernatural kind of pop or punch to uh, the dream world is the process of how you get to the meaning. Mm. Because you'll be researching one dream and then somebody will have a dream about the same thing, but it was about an instance that occurred 60 years ago, but this guy has a dream 10 minutes before the situation happened. And this guy has a dream 15 minutes after of a situation that happened 60 years ago. You know, that one in particular is the JFK assassination, but Mm -hmm. it's like, why is God talking about the JFK assassination right now? I've actually been noticing that, that one particularly, like there's been some YouTube videos that have come out recently about that. There's been some books that have come recently about that. Um, So it seems that there's, there's more to it than just uh, you know a, a a unique trend right now. If there if there's yeah. dreams happening about it, yeah, yeah, we're working on a very profound dream that <laughs> a prophetic voice, just a nationally known um, guy. I really like this guy. Really respect the voice of God through him. He has this dream, and he's not from America. And so I'm like, do you? do you know what day you had this dream on? And I knew he had the dream on the 60th anniversary. I just, mm. in the spirit, he said, oh, I had a dream earlier in the week. And I'm like, oh, I think I know what day you had it. And sure enough, that's the day he had yeah. it. And I'm like, you probably don't know as much about American history, but there's this and this and this. And it, it led me on a journey to really like, okay, we need to look into this. And then God spoke to me and he said, timeline. And I said, timeline. And then I realized we have several other JFK dreams, probably six. Mm. And then I realized they were all about particular moments in JFK's life. They weren't just like, oh, JFK walked up to a guy at a bar and said, hey, how you doing? It was like one JFK is deciding whether to join the Navy. Another one is his inauguration day. Another one is during XCOM, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Another one is the morning that he gets shot where he's speaking outside in a parking lot in the rain. Another one, a guy is in the car with him when he gets shot in one dream. And then another dream about investigating some of the things related to the scene after the shooting had occurred. And so when we put all of this together, we're going to be able to times, dates, locations. Where did these events happen? What was the mm. exact date? What was going on in the world at the time? And again, why the, the, the overarching question is, God, why are you speaking about that today? And I'll right, tell you right. why, if you want to know. Yes, please. That's what, that's what we're here for. What is God saying about 2024 <laughs> in this next season? Yeah. So for the JFK thing in particular, 
and like he's done with other historic dreams is he's exposing roots where he see you're going all the way back to this date, this time, this location, these people were involved and it allowed a spirit into the country that was invited with legal standing at this moment. And all of these things have happened since then. Mm. I believe a doorway was opened and part of the results of that doorway had to do with even the abortion, um, you know, Roe versus Wade being passed 10 years later. Right. And I believe that it had to do with specifically the JFK assassination, but there were some, some, some spirits behind that, that God is showing, okay, this was an event that caused a compromise and a level of blood guilt on the country that we need to know about because it needs to be reversed. Those things need to be ejected. Their legal standing needs to be taken away and it needs to be sealed up. And then God can begin to heal the land in regards to this particular instance. Wow. That's a uh, still a little cryptic, but I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from with that. I mean, that's, um, there's a lot of things that, uh, so actually here, here's the next question is how do, how do we put these things into practice or what is the application that we can have for that? Because, you know, like there's certain people that are in positions of authority that can do things. Um, but there's also times where people that aren't in a position of authority, we're just like, okay, so we know about this dream. We, we know about this prophetic word. What do we do about it? How do we respond? Well, Back to the original question, which is which I really didn't answer very well for you, is what's going to happen in 2024? Um, I see a lot more exposure coming. I feel like we haven't even, unfortunately, we haven't even begun yet to see the tip of the iceberg. And I think it's starting already in the church with uh, certain events that are happening and unfolding even now. Um, I think that is not an isolated incident, unfortunately. I think that pressure is being put on in a spiritual capacity where God wants a clean house. And in order to do that, there have been people that have been set up in movements that have been leaders that have been compromised. There's entire, um, I don't want to say the entire movements are compromised because I believe that God can move even in the midst of people, but certainly the foundations of probably some pretty big ministries, some pretty big churches um, have been compromised, if not fully compromised. Um, built on lies, built on corruption, built on deception, built on victimization of people that um, God in his justice and righteousness cannot let that stand. And as more and more people are waking up in America to things like human trafficking and calling for God's justice on our land, that comes with a price and the price is exposure and the price is as it begins in the house of God. And so that has to happen for that to overspill into the political realm. And we're already seeing some things in the political realm. Again, I, you know, there's so much distraction right now, but we're being kind of desensitized to a lot of it. But um, by what we're hearing and by what we're seeing is um, there's so much more exposure that needs to happen. Like we're just barely getting started with how compromised agencies are things in our government but even prophets even churches like we talk about the deep state nobody talks about the deep church 
We don't talk about we. It's unconscionable to think that there's somebody that has been paid off by intelligence agencies or the government to promote propaganda like the movie stars did with the COVID jab. Like it's it's it, people just don't think they think like the prophetic is this trusted group that's never compromised. And I think that that world is going to get shook a whole lot harder than it did in 2020. 2020 um, exposed a certain level of of uh, exposure on what was going on. And, I, you know, in my opinion, a lot of that still hasn't been corrected. Um, and part of that is what happens when a whole group of people are moving in a particular direction and what appears to be happening doesn't appear to line up with prophecy. How do we... How do we handle that? Well, one of the ways is to create prophetic communities that have accountability, to not make decisions in an echo chamber, to avoid things like cognitive bias and cognitive dissonance, and and even in the prophetic world, and to be challenged, to be open to being challenged and having some really frank discussions with, well, why do you believe that? Well, I believe it because of this. Well, you and all your three friends believe that, and that's okay, but here's what I'm hearing. And here's how I can back it up based on looking at, again, probably 65 of the top prophetic voices of the top dreamers. And it's certainly nowhere near that we have it figured out because we don't. But we've moved in a particular direction. The thing that I was hearing after 2020 is God was taking me back to 1 Corinthians 13. And he said, you know, in part, and you prophesy in part. And then he asked me the question, what if the parts came together? And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Hmm. I mean, I know we have prophetic roundtables, but why don't we get groups of people together that analyze and interpret even prophecy? Because a lot of prophecy is figurative as well. Sure, <laughs> why don't yeah. We get together, interpret dreams, interpret prophecies, find out what they mean at a deep level, and then hear the voice of God for a generation or for a time. <clears throat> so I, I feel oh. like that's going to increase. Um. We've been kind of three years on this journey of what we call spiritual intelligence. I describe spiritual intelligence as a new movement in the prophetic, and it's a new movement of deep analyzation. And it's not it's it's not that you've got to be a brainiac and figure it out. It's, it's really Holy Spirit-led revelation through word of knowledge and word of wisdom, like Joseph did, like Daniel did. We study those models and say, what did they do and how can we replicate that? And he's showing us a ton through Scripture. And then we're seeing things in dreams that are future predictive, some that are exposing roots of the past before our lifetimes, um, things that are happening that is just like, wow, this is incredible and, and it's amazing. So it's a very exciting time. I believe God is going to continue to speak more in dreams, more and more and more. There were so many people are waking up to the idea that not only is God speaking through dreams, you should write them all down, every single one. If you have a dream you don't like, if you want to believe that it's a demonic dream, write it down first and then seek out an interpretation, but don't blow off any dream at all whatsoever if you value the voice of God in this next season. And at the same time that that's happening, I feel like God is getting louder. The world is getting more and more corrupt with there's really no media outlet at all whatsoever that I completely trust anymore. Not the right, not the left, not the alternative, not the, you know, the, the, even the social media is not, you know, there's just so much. And there's so many people that are part of what, what God is calling a conspiracy of the prophets where they'll take a picture off of mainstream media and they'll say, well, Hey, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
have you researched that? Did you back that up? Or are you parroting the propaganda of what the mainstream media is? And there's a level of accountability and purity that's coming in the prophetic, but I believe a lot of that is going to come through dreams. And again, why dreams? Because dreams are like double blind. It's like when Nebuchadnezzar said, I want Mm. somebody that can tell me the dream first and then tell me what it means. And so when, when somebody has a dream, they don't know what it means. And so it's not like they're like, well, I think it means this and, and this and this. And almost every time that that happens, especially if it's some sort of watered down pseudo literal thing, they're missing most of the message. And some of the Mm -hmm. time they're even flat out wrong. And, and, and when you get a group of people together that are analyzing and looking at other dreams and other pieces of intelligence that God is saying, especially mm-hmm. in a time of exposure, then there's going to be an explosion of right information and good intelligence, what we call intelligence from righteous spiritual sources, which means from heaven that yeah. we can trust. And it's going to point the way it's going to be like the light in the darkness. Yeah. You know, John, you just mentioned a couple of things that I want to, uh, a couple of terms that I want to kind of focus in on here. You said something about the the deep church being exposed. We talk about the deep state, but there's a deep church and it's going to be exposed. Uh, then also the conspiracy of the prophets. It seems to me that those, these two things are kind of maybe hand in hand. Uh, could you just explain a little bit more about what those, what those are? You've heard of Project Mockingbird? Uh Yes. So basically, the intelligence agencies have plants inside the mainstream media, and they say things and they put forth a propaganda agenda that tends to be wildly radical, left-leaning. And we saw a lot of this. A lot of people were awakened to it for the first time in the backlash and the blowback of what's happened since 2020, particularly related to the pandemic. We were given a bunch of information, other voices that said anything, even though they had degrees and were doctors and healed everybody that ever came to them. They silenced those people. They put out the preferred narrative. And now we're finding that that narrative wasn't suspect. It was a flat out lie. And they were knowingly lying to people and people were dying. Um, The problem is, is people don't feel like that can happen in the church. And there are major people that are funding those same types of people are funding churches and they're funding inner city programs in churches where certain churches get dollars related to this. And then I had I had pastors that I hadn't heard from in 10 or 15 years calling and leaving messages on my phone saying, hey, come to my church and you can get the jab for free. And I'm like, you haven't bothered to call me in 15 years, but you're going to call me now. And advertise, and I'm like, how much were you getting per, like, you know, and it's not just related to that, but it's related to a bunch of other things where it can cause distraction. I mean, I think it's really naive of us to think that the intelligence community and any level of bad uh, leadership hasn't taken the time to get to know our world. You know, if they want to lie to us anymore, they don't put something out on CNN. They start a telegram group called Patriots That Love Jesus, and then they put out whatever they want, and then people spread it like wildfire, and then they add the words, you won't see this in the media, and then it spreads like wildfire everywhere else. And we don't think that they figured this out yet. Well, what about prophetic mm-hmm. voices that are getting up as we're having these rallies? And 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 I'm not saying any rally in particular or any one in particular, but we're, we're getting groups of prophetic voices together and then 
putting them on a, on a wide platform and they're saying thing, you know, thus says the Lord, God says this, and God says that the idea that none of them have ever been compromised, that they can't be blackmailed, that they can't be bought off, that they can't be paid. Now I don't have anybody in mind when I say that, but I know that those programs exist on the intelligence side mm. where they've paid people to work in the religious community to be able to give a voice to something um, that was a government agenda. Um, and I don't think we figured that out yet. I don't think we figured out, you know, people were shocked and appalled that, that, that Disney didn't want to put out the, uh, what was the, the sound of freedom, you know? And, mm. and I think people are now just barely beginning to see what some of these companies that we all thought our kids were safe with are really about. But, the problem is, is we haven't begun yet to really, really see that at a deep level on the church side. And so I had, a, I had an open vision a while back, um, and it was about a massive wall of filing cabinets. And there was a file cabinet in the middle. There were black filing cabinets, and it was open, and there was a file kind of sticking out. And then it morphed into two couches facing each other. And my thought in the dream was, huh two couches facing each other. That's like the Oval Office. And then mm -hmm. suddenly behind these two couches were two walls, entire walls of black filing cabinets. And one had a middle drawer open and one had a, a, another drawer open. And, <clears throat> and it was, uh, I heard exposure war. And so it's the idea that as things are coming out about the left, then they're trying to bring things out about the right and they're trying to prosecute Trump for all of this, 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 and this. And they're trying to say, well, you know, January 6th and blah, blah, blah. And now truth is coming out about January 6th. And so now they're changing the subject and, oh, it's Ukraine. And then the truth comes out about Ukraine. And then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, this. And it's like, literally, it's this endless game of watch the birdie. But part of what's happening is they're trying to discredit the left and the right because in periods of time in this nation, there are lies that our leaders have told us in an effort, if we give them the benefit of doubt, in an effort to protect us, where they've said, you know, well, this is too shocking and too scandalous for the American people to know. And so we're going to bury this. And what's happening is what you're doing is you're punting to further generations. And things like the JFK assassination, anybody that believed a thing, frankly, that the Warren Commission said based on the magic bullet theory, you know, you got to be dumber than a box of rocks. I mean, you just really I mean, if you've taken a look at that and the fact that the fifth floor, sixth floor museum still exists and continues to spout that garbage like people can't do research. You can take one look at the Zapruder film and see that what they said happened was not what happened that it is physically impossible for what they said happened to have happened. And yet we pass these off with reputable names and with top bankers and with 33rd degree masons, which is what the Warren Commission was made up of. And we put it off in the American people. And then we say, oh, they, yay, justice. We got the mm -hmm. one known 24-year-old who was able to do a one in a billion shot that nobody else could do and uh, problem solved. And what it's done yeah. is it's allowed compromise into this nation. And God is dealing with the roots of the compromise. So part of it is exposure. Part of it is more dreams and more exposure prophetically. Part of it is God has to clean his house prophetically and in the church world. And then 
part of what's going to happen is as all of that comes out, there's going to be a call for repentance. I believe we're going to see some people who are who, who probably really were compromised, who are going to lay out an example for just saying, this is how you repent, where you come clean all at once. You come forward, you say, look, this is what I did. And God is going to touch that. And it's going to be an example. And I believe ultimately what we're leading into is this happens in the church. It happens in the nation. And it, it's going to be a difficult time for a lot of people because they're going to, their foundations of who they can trust. They thought, we thought we could trust our doctors. We thought we could trust our newsmen, you know, go back to the days of Walter Cronkite. We thought, and our parents still believe, man, I can listen to the evening news and I can trust what my doctor tells us. Now we know that that is an absolute pre-programmed lie that we believe either one of those two things. And there are people died because information was withheld from them by those mm -hmm. exact two institutions. That's yeah. the tip of the iceberg. When it comes to pastors and prophets and churches, I think we're, we're in for a shaking there too. Yeah. You know, you said something that, you know, just makes me think about, you know, we're, we're headed towards a great deception. We know that there's, there's an end times deception that's going to be happening, but there is, I believe there's many smaller deceptions that are happening in the process. And it's, you know, it's easier to believe a lie, the more lies that you're being told, because eventually you're going to be gaslit and you're not going to know what is up from down. You're going to think what you think is, is crazy and so you're just going to start believing somebody else. And what you've just kind of laid out is a kind of examples of how that has been done in society. But something you, you, that you just said, there is going to be things that are exposed, especially in the church, that I think leaders have the opportunity to demonstrate repentance. And what you said, this is how you repent. And taking the opportunity to lead. Why would somebody... You know, somebody that's not living in sin, that's public, you know, they, there's no reason for them to necessarily repent. I mean, there's always a reason to repent, but like somebody that is public, that has had an issue that has dealt with it, <clears throat> that, you know, that has dealt with it, that has repented, they can actually lead in repentance at that point because they are demonstrating it in that process. That was just something that I just picked up on from what you said this is how you repent. And there's people that are going to lead in that. Could you just explain about that a little bit more as we're coming to a close here? Well, I've just been mulling that over. And and I know this has been kind of a tough conversation. I feel like it's, it's I, I want people to know there's a lot of hope because this is literally the ripping the Band-Aid off. And if you just look at that moment, that's a bloody, disgusting, man, we need some hydrogen peroxide moment. That's the moment that we're in. That's what we're entering mm -hmm. into in 2024. We're already seeing that at the end of 2023. But, you know, if there's pastors and leaders and prophetic leaders that have... <sighs> I hate even talking about this stuff, have used social media to find out information, gotten up in front of people at a meeting and said, hey, there's somebody because they know that they're registered for their conference and call them out like it was a prophetic word from God and they just did good research. Just come clean and tell people that you did that. If you've been having an ongoing affair for 10 years with somebody that was a part of your ministry, like don't wait until they're into, you know, the third party investigation and legal stuff and this and that, like have the fear of God 
to realize, you know what, I am not fit for ministry right now. I should not be a voice in this generation, at least at this moment. Yeah, I had a call on my life, but I'm not worthy of the call and back away. And don't take five minutes and then run back to, you know, the money trough of let's do conferences and let's get offerings and like take a beat and trust God that he's going to take care of you and your family. But unfortunately, I I feel like the first wave that we're going to see it's people that have been told on where other people have come clean mm. and said, I was a part of this affair and I just can't keep this to myself anymore. Or I was a part of being groomed or human trafficking or embezzlement or these lies and fake ministry and, and deception. And I have to come clean. And, and I encourage those whistleblowers to come forward. There is a grace on whistleblowers, I believe, in this season. And there's probably going to be a a judgment on people that come and bear false witness. So I say that Mm -hmm. with a warning. Don't come out and try to take your your, the the number one prophetic voice or pastor voice that you don't like and speak wrongly against him because you will be found out. But if there is something that needs to hit the light of day, you know, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, Mm -hmm. do it, do it in order, do it right. Churches, ministries, take allegations seriously, handle this stuff right. And if you are accused and you know, your conscience is not clear before God, what if instead of trying to do the, (coughs) the damage control and the getting your attorney and getting some, you know, open AI to write a, a statement for you, what if you just said, you know what? I'm going to tell you what happened. Here's all the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yeah, Mm -hmm. God has used me, but here's what I did. And if nothing else, let my life be a warning to the next generation. And you did the time, you know, you did the time, the crime now do the time, like take it on the chin Mm -hmm. and say, let my life be an example of at least the grace of God and how to come clean in repentance. And I think it's interesting. There's a lot of these people that when they're faced with stuff like sexual immorality, they always talk about David. Look at David's example. When the prophet went to him and said, the man is you, you're the guy in the parable I just told that took the you lamb from the next door neighbor. And he said, it's me a hundred percent. Absolutely. You're right. I confessed. I did those things. I killed Uriah. I took his wife. I had a son with him. Please, God, have mercy on me and don't judge this nation for my sin. You know, if what what if we had leaders that, you know, in the face of their sin, in the face of exposure, could provide an example for and not that they don't get sit down, but that there is a restoration Mm -hmm. process. And I think that's going to need to be modeled because when it comes to the political world, it's probably going to be worse. Yeah. And then we're going to have to look at, well, how how do we have anybody in leadership? How do we restore leaders? How does it look like? What does it look like for the grace of God? But not just the grace of God, but for the judgment of God, for the justice of God, for the victims, for the people that have been, you know, for kids that have been hurt or molested or people that have been trafficked and for deception and movements that have done a lot of wrong for the people that have been, you know, part of those mm-hmm. movements and not feel like they wasted their time and their money and their lives investing into these places. But there's yeah. hope. And this is the hope. The hope is that as God exposes this, we're moving towards a coming generation that will be so much more pristine and pure 
like the bride of Christ that he wants, like what God wants for his bridegroom son. And it's going to be a spotless bride, but there can't be a spotless bride when we have all of this stuff, when we have mold and gangrene that's growing on Mm -hmm. the foot underneath the dress. Like we got to expose it and it's got to be dealt with. And then when it is, then we're going to see, and I I believe we're also going to see, we're going to see a mass amount of people that are going to come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is going to meet our nation in that process. It didn't say that the the nation that's perfect. It said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It's not that they weren't wicked. It's that they turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And that goes for churches. It goes for ministries. It goes for movements. It goes for cities, states, nations, and even the world. And God wants to heal us. He wants to heal the United States of America. There's been generations of compromise of one on top of another. There's been blood guilt. There's been assassination. There's been the spirit of Jezebel and many other things that have been brought in the spirit of the spirit of occultism behind the Nazis. All these things have been invited into our land with legal standing. And mm-hmm. God is exposing these roots and exposing some of these base events that brought this stuff so that it can be cleaned up so that his blessing can be upon us and his favor to a thousand generations as we sing about. So the exposure will bring hope and it'll bring purity and it'll really bring, usher in a, a, a new generation because this is what, you know, this, and, and revival, because that's one of the things that we know revival comes whenever people do repent, because that's one of the things that we can look to. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. So these things, we can either do it willingly or we can be forced to do it, but it's going to happen and God's going to get his way. John, thank you so much for sharing with us what what you're hearing God doing in the year 2024 and this next season. It's a pleasure to be with you, John, and thanks for your time today, too.